HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives. I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better. I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show because, to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious. Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Shoebox. Save time on data entry and get back to the business you love. For more information, visit shoebox.com. That's C-H-O-U-X-B-O-X.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. If you're a customer in a restaurant and you want to tell them something, what do you do? Find out on this episode of Tech Bites. Hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. It is July 25th, if you're listening in the future, and Bushwick, Brooklyn is right in the middle of the heat dome, which is this crazy heat wave that's been hit, that's hit the West Co- East Coast over the past few days. It's like hotter than the sun out there. So we're happy that the air conditioning's fixed inside the studio. That would be the Heritage Radio Network studio where every Monday at 1 o'clock we gather for Tech Bites, the show that talks about the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is a little app called Blurtbox, which allows customers to give feedback to restaurants. So we're going to do something real fun on Tech Bites today. We're going to have the crew from Blurtbox pitch their services to an actual restaurant. Yay! But before we start that, we're going to start this episode like we always do with an app. We go around the room and everybody talks about an app that they like, something they just discovered that they love, or maybe an old favorite that's been parked on the home screen of their phone for years and years and years and years. And I think we will go first to Julian Mayer, who is the CEO and founder of Blurtbox. This is his second time on the show. We first met him almost a year ago 
on August 3rd, 2015. How you been since last year, Julian? That's right. Thanks, Jennifer. I've been great. I've been uh, really enjoying the last few months. I guess we've been having a nice time down in Florida. Good weather. I don't think it's been as hot as New York, believe it or not. New Probably York, not. New York's been really bad the last couple of days. It it's, has a name. It's called the Heat Dome. As yeah. soon as they give weather a name, then you know it's bad. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So, uh, app, I'm glad you asked because one that I just discovered, Metro North Train Times, believe it or not. I didn't have it downloaded on my phone. And I used to print it out at home, and so I just downloaded the Metro North app, and I found out that there's an express train from my town in Tarrytown to Yankee Stadium. 22 minutes instead of the typical 36 minutes. So, Do you have Yankee tickets? I do. Okay. I went on Saturday, and I sell my season tickets for the most part, but I try and go on the weekends every now and then. He sells his season tickets, people. So, you know, you might want to uh, get in touch with somebody at blurtbox.com if you're interested. And it is a nice little side way to make money for all the local New Yorkers. If you want to sell your season tickets, the prices typically go up during the season. Do you sell them on StubHub? I do. Okay. All right, that's a good one. And I like the uh, transportation apps. You had a transportation app when you were here last. Do you remember what your app was? I did. It was the Bolt Bus app, I believe. Wander You. Wander so You, that's close. What it was. It was so not close. Bolt Bus branded, but it is a bus transportation app. I do remember I booked the Bolt Bus, though, right? It was to right. Baltimore? Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, thanks. Julian's all about transportation. Sitting next to him is Cam Brown who is a user acquisition specialist. And we might ask him what exactly that is later because it sounds like one of those jobs that when he calls home, nobody knows what he does. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, obviously my favorite app is Blurtbox. But, um, You're not allowed to talk about apps that you work for. That's true. That's obviously. True. Uh, being, obviously. Yeah, that's true. Being a sports guy, I think um, my favorite has always probably been the ESPN app just so I can keep up with scores for my teams and really see what's going around the leagues right now. So I, I'd have to say for a while it's been the ESPN app. Who are your teams? Now, I'm actually from Rhode Island, so you guys might not like this, but I, I like the Boston teams, uh, so the Red Sox, the Bruins. So There's think, a lot of head shaking in the studio that yeah, you can't see. I could see that's a little tough around here, but I, I am a diehard Boston fan. Okay, well, stand up for your team. That's good. That's good. He's looking at the ground, but he's standing strong. Okay, good. Next to him is Aaron Solano, who is the VP of Sales, who's going to be maybe closing a deal later in the episode. Aaron, do you have a favorite app that you like now? I do. Um, my favorite app is Blinkist. I have no idea what that is. So it summarizes all new books that are coming out, business books, history books, down to a size where if you don't have four or five hours to read, but you have 30 to four or five minutes, you can get through the whole book. And if you enjoy it, you can purchase the actual book afterwards. So it's like Cliff Notes. Yep, exactly. Okay. And how do you spell that? B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Now, is it only business and nonfiction? No, there's an array of books on there. Uh, that's typically what I read, though. So I stick with those, but there's everything that whatever you want on there. And is it free? Um, you can do a trial period, and then you start paying afterwards to have access to any of the books that are on there. Access to any of the books? You mean to read the whole thing, or just to read the the, the little, summary? The that little they do. summary. Mm -hmm. How much does it cost? So three ninety nine. Okay. Uh, it might have changed. That was about six months ago. So three ninety nine to get cliff notes of lots of books. And then you start paying for certain ones that people will continually do. So it's a hosting site. And then from there, you can buy a bigger allotment of books, say 10 on user acquisition. So then you can know what Cam does. And then you can learn about that very quickly. Okay. Yep. Excellent. 
That's a good one. I like the reading apps, especially if they can be um, more native and not require a Wi-Fi or an internet connection, because I do a lot of that reading apps are great when you live in an urban place and you spend a lot of time underground mm-hmm. and transport <laughs> when there's not a lot of yep. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Although we're starting to get Wi-Fi intermittently in New York City. We're so far behind the rest of the world, though. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Seated next to him is Mandy Ozer, who is a restaurant owner. She owns two wonderful places called The Camlin and Ardisa. Mandy, do you have an app that you like right now? Yes. Uh, it's called Quip.com. Those who know me well know I'm slightly obsessed with productivity apps, list-making apps. Uh, and Quip.com was created by one of the creators of Google Docs. It's a shareable, um, kind of like word processing, list-making app, but it's instantly shareable. So I can make, you know, I can share closing notes with our managers and then it'll give me an alert I'll see that something's been added I can see when someone's read something so you create a group to share Mm -hmm. stuff with people and then as soon as something is updated or added it alerts all the people in the group yep and then the other thing I like is that it's simple there are only a certain few fonts you can have a few you know it's either bullets little boxes or numbers it's very beautiful it's like a well-designed easy to use uh and now they just added spreadsheets capability so sometimes i'm pretty obsessed with it sometimes fewer choices is better yeah. than all the choices yeah do you use any other productivity apps in conjunction with it or is this the only one well i just tried something that it sounds trello like I don't know Trello. Okay. Probably look it up after the show. Um, I Someone just recommended to me Workflowy, um, mm-hmm. which I'm really digging, but I get really into these and then lose steam. Quip is the one that you know we've sort of so then been with the longest. And If like you we, get into them and lose steam, then does that mean your staff is constantly discovering new apps that you're being productive on? Kind of. But the, <laughs> that's what, I'll, what I will say about Quip is that's been consistent. We've been using it for years. It's how we share oh, all of right our on. beverage notes. Um, and Because it, it's just, you can look at it on your phone, on your desktop. It's just fully integrated. And Is it email service agnostic? So you don't need a specific email, email account? I think you need a Gmail. Like, you do need a Gmail? I, mean, I think so. I've just, I've had it so long I don't remember. But I th- sometimes I that can do. be prohibitive. Yeah. But we feel like who doesn't have a Gmail? It's like if you get a Gmail so that you can, we can have more efficiency. Do people who work at Yahoo? Um, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, but I just think it's... AOL? People who work at AOL? <laughs> I'll, I'll check on that, but we've never had any problem with anyone not being able to access it. So spell it for us. Quip.com. Is it a free app? It's free. I think there are some paid levels, but we use it for free and I think they should probably give me a stake in the company because I've recommended this for so long. (laughs) If they're listening, you can reach out to her. They've sent us t-shirts. That was nice, but we'd like, uh, we'd like something a little more substantial. Okay. Maybe they can work on that. (laughs) Back in the booth, we have mission control, David Tadasori, who is the engineer for this show. He is also heritage radio networks, studio manager. That's me. You got an app for us, David? Uh, yeah, so as a nod to our guests today, I'll, uh, I'll talk about an app that is called Simply Box, 
um, which is similar to Dropbox. It's like a, a file storage app. Um, but I, I use it often for like recording studio uh, work, sending sessions and um, giant and it, ginormous files. Yeah, because the the thing that I think uh, sets it apart from Dropbox is that the upload uh, allowances are much larger. So I get a lot of use out of that. Excellent. My app today is going to be the OpenTable app. Hmm. And I actually do use this. It's great. It's great to... I, I use OpenTable mostly when I'm looking for a very time-specific option. Downtown, specific time, specific number of people, because then you can shuttle through a couple hundred restaurants and see what your choices are. It's particularly helpful for holiday and major event type things to see who's open on December 24th, mm. who's open on Labor Day, you know, that kind of stuff. So open table. I'm going to segue into, I use them. They're also a sponsor and underwriter of this show and Heritage Radio Network. So we do love that. But also, July 25th today, if you're listening in the future, is the kickoff of New York City Restaurant Week, which is like 387 restaurants doing lunch for 30 lunch for 29 bucks and dinner for 42 and actually instead of it being a week it's pushed to 4 weeks almost a month and runs from July 25th to August 19th so it's obviously an evolution but they're also doing some really cool digital stuff so you can book all your reservations with open table with the open table app they're also doing an Instagram photo contest, hashtag NYC Restaurant Week, and you could win money, I think, a $50 gift card. Um, and so I did a quick little perusal. For me, the Restaurant Week strategy is to go to a restaurant where lunch would be significantly more expensive than $29. Right? I mean, Mandy, you've been in the restaurant biz game in New York City for quite some time. Is that typically what people do? You I think? think so. I mean, I think that's the move. Uh, but I think it's also good to look at what the menu is because I think some restaurants put a lot of effort into creating something special and then some it's kind of this nightmare that just comes every couple <laughs> months. Um, and I think you can kind of ascertain that pretty quickly by looking at the menu. So that's what I would do. Okay, so pro tips. Think about really expensive restaurants that you can go and try for a more moderate price and check out the menu before you book and see what you're getting for your $29 or your $40. Yeah. And you have a whole month to check it out. So it's maybe less stressful than trying to get in over the course of seven days. It's a great way to explore something new. It kind of forces you to explore something you wouldn't maybe check out otherwise. I think it's yeah, possibly. great. So that's my app, Open Table, with a little plug for Restaurant Week. So the whole point of this show, we met Julian last year actually when he was just really kind of getting Blurtbox off the ground and it's a great episode if you want to go back and listen to it it's episode number 29 from August 3rd 2015 and every now and again on Tech Bytes we like to check back in with our founders of startups because the startup life is just can change so much from moment to moment it's interesting to see if people have evolved their businesses as they thought differently, same, gangbusters, closed, moving, uh, you know, selling out, IPO, whatever it may be. So we thought it would be nice to have Julian back. And now that he's expanded his staff, 
we thought it would be really great to give his VP of sales the opportunity to make a sales call because most of the food tech and most of the restaurant tech is really geared towards consumers. It's geared towards you download the, you're at Roberta's, you're eating pizza, you want to make a comment, you download an app and you do it and you make the comment. And it's really easy for us to see how that appeals to the dining public. Public side, diner side, consumer side, it's pretty easy to make an argument for most of these things. But the piece that we never hear very much about is are all the promises of how great it is for the restaurant, does that really pan out? We don't really see that much in the articles and the stories, and we really don't hear from the restaurant industry that much. So we thought it would be great to bring Mandy in as our restaurant owner focus group of one. Because <laughs> we only have five seats in the studio, so... I mean, and I already take up one, so, you know, we're kind of limited in our focus grouping. But I will, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going, I'm going to turn the the floor over to Mandy and Aaron, and they're going to have a little conversation about, is Blurtbox really great for restaurants? Stay with us. paperwork after a long day in the kitchen? Of course you don't. That's what Shoebox is for. Created by two restaurant veterans, Shoebox is changing the way chefs and bookkeepers manage invoices. Here's Tony Iazzi and Xavier Mariez Carena on how it works. Take a stack of invoices um, and you can run them through a scanner that you already have on your printer or take a picture through your phone. You send it into your Shoebox account and the next day uh, by 9 a.m., not only do you have uh, access to that original invoice through the platform. As but an it, image. Or as a- an image, exactly. But it also populates the different areas of your operation that are important to your financial structure. So that means it'll dump into QuickBooks. It'll dump into your accounting platform. Shoebox works with any accounting software. By digitizing receipts and invoices, Shoebox helps you understand your purchases and allows you to make quick decisions. Chefs will be in like kind of a budgetary situation. It's like, oh, you spent too much money in February. Why? Like, well, okay, it's July. Um, what do you want me to do about it now? So it's an incredibly reactive system, and we're just bringing them up to date so that they can make better purchasing decisions the next day instead of the next month. Save time on data entry and get back to the business you love. For more information, visit shoebox.com. That's C-H-O-U-X-B-O-X dot com. Well, if you've just joined us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that food tech is an app called Blurtbox. It is built to be customer feedback for restaurants. 
consumers get to download it and give their feedback for free, and restaurants pay for it somehow. So in studio with us today, we have a bunch of the Blurt Box folks. Most importantly, up on the mic now, we have Aaron Solano, who's the VP of Sales, and he's going to talk with Mandy Ozer, restaurant owner and focus group of one, <laughs> about his services, and we're going to see how it works. So Aaron, take it away. Perfect. I appreciate it. So Mandy, thank you, first of all, for coming in and having this conversation with us. Um, what I'd like to do to start out is more understand your business. I know you have two locations, um, yes. two different brands, mm -hmm. and uh, just understanding how you guys, from both sides, um, your experiences in the past of what you've had from customer experience, uh, the way you try to get the feedback from the customers, but we'll go one question at a time okay. through that. So if you can describe quickly both of the brands. Sure. Uh, they're both wine-focused. Ardisha is a wine bar and a small plates menu, teeny tiny kitchen, neighborhood spot in Hell's Kitchen, um, also with cocktails and beer, but, but wine is sort of the heart and soul of the place. Uh, Cam the Camlin, located in Williamsburg and North 3rd and Kent, is also wine-focused but with a larger menu, we also serve brunch there, so the idea was it's a little bit of a step up from Ardesia in terms of the food we offer, but again, the same soul, the same spirit, if Perfect. you will. And is that the progression that you guys opened them up? Yes. Okay. Ardesia opened in 2009, uh, 52nd between 10th and 11th in Hell's Kitchen, and we opened the Camlin February of 2014. 14, 15? A year ago, basically. <laughs> okay, perfect. It's a blur. <laughs> yeah, it goes pretty fast. Um, so the next question I have for you is, what has been your experience with the customer feedback for uh, both locations? Because you probably tried new things when you opened up a new location and you had older things that you've tried as well. So. Right. I, I mean, I think that sometimes just the basic 101 can get overlooked. Like what we did what we still do from time to time is simply put a comment card in the check presenters and you'd be surprised how many people do respond to that. Um, I think sometimes, yeah, it's just that tactile, that sort of being able to just do it immediately. So we, we've actually gotten some really great feedback that way. And that reminds mm -hmm. me, we haven't done that for a while because mm -hmm. we've had other things, you know, we're trying to promote. Um, and then, you know, obviously I'm, present in both places frequently. I try to engage directly with people, ask for their feedback, uh, ask how they like things, if there's a problem, react. Uh, and then, of course, I'm sure we'll get much more into this, but obviously with the rise of Yelp and open table reviews and name, you know, tons of other forums, online is obviously where we're getting a lot of our feedback as well. Perfect. Um, and with that feedback, you said you handle most of it or the interaction. Do you have actually anyone in place that deals with the social media side of it or anything that Ooh, goes onto the internet? That's a good point. I forgot about social media. We do get certainly get feedback that uh, in that channel as well. Uh, I mean, I oversee everything. I do have someone who helps me execute social media, but in terms of communicating, it's me. Okay. Yeah. Um, that probably takes a good amount of time for you, right? Yeah, it does. And it's, it's a high priority because it's good or bad, if someone sends a nice review out on Yelp, I want to thank them immediately, because it took, they took time to do that. That has a positive in, impact for us. So for me, it's like, I try to respond within 24 hours. And then um, if it's negative, 
you know, you digest it. If it's a negative review, then I take a minute to try to investigate a little bit and get the whole picture and then respond. But again, usually as swiftly as possible. Okay. Um, and so since you are a human, you can only be at one place at one time. Uh, what do you do if something actually happens at another location where you're not at? Do you, are you going to respond affirmative, Mandy? Human, yes? Chuck? Yeah, we got to yeah, double check think, first. Good? But I was hoping that... She's super, she's super efficient and effective. So sometimes <laughs> I think you could raise an eyebrow and wonder if, A, that's true, or if, B, she has some special 20... Seven-hour day or something. Like right. That. Well, what I was also, I think I told you over email, I'm looking for a cloning service. I'd, it would be really helpful if I could clone myself. So I don't know if you guys offer that, but um, we might get interested. into that. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I, I see where you're going with it. No, I can't be everywhere at once. I can't, you know, I have a few uh, things pending that I, I need to reply to that I'm beyond that 24-hour mark right now. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, I do have someone who can help in each location, but... Again, it's uh, it's it's it is a battle to keep up with it. Okay, perfect. Um, and if you don't mind asking, what's your average ticket price for some of your customers? Does it vary between locations, or are they around the same? It does. It's it's um, in the sort of low thirties at Ardesia, and then it is higher at the Camelon. Okay, perfect. Um, and then, have you tried anything recently in the past six months, year, uh, to get feedback in a different way, to interact with your customers in a different way on that? No. Okay. Well, that's why we're here. This is perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, I had a feeling that was leading to something. <laughs> yeah. So you, you kind of mentioned to the fact of having the Yelp, um, TripAdvisor, oh. all those review sites out there. Um, have you had any scenarios where it's been positive, negative for you, um, if you don't mind talking to those? Yeah. I, it's such an interesting thing because it's we are lucky, I'm knocking on wood, um, that overall it's positive and... Uh, but then, of course, there's always negatives that pop up. The way I've always looked at it is it's, it is information, and it is, especially if you start seeing kind of a pattern of, of negative comments, or you can kind of tease out, okay, there, there's an issue here. The portion size of the steak is too small. You know, if I've seen mm -hmm. that three times, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think you have to kind of look at it sort of an investigative eye. Um, but I've, I'm, overall, it's been positive. I, like I said, I reach out to the people that say nice things, and the ones that say negative things I do as well. Recently, I had a woman who didn't have a great experience at Ardija. She waited too long for something. There was a miscommunication. I reached out to her. I apologized. And she wrote back, and she said, wow, I'm really impressed that you as the owner reached out to me. I will definitely be back and give it another try. Overall, we didn't, you know, overall, we liked it. It was... Mm -hmm. I just, she likes to review, I guess, a lot, and she put it out there. So overall, I think it's positive because you're getting information oftentimes that you wouldn't get. Of course, there's a dark side to that, that sometimes you get things that are just off the wall and inaccurate, and then you have to deal with that. Um, yep. But I see it as, on balance, more positive than negative because... When it is overall a good rating, then it helps draw more people in. So I try to keep a positive viewpoint on it, even when it can be difficult when negative things pop up. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's your brand at the end of the day, and that's what you guys are trying to do. So you have all these pieces of feedback coming in. You said you had these comment cards. Do you have something that you keep those in after they come in? Do you have someone report them in a file to you? How do you keep I mean, track of these? I you search them? You know, because what it is is, hey, do you want to be added to our, 
email list. We won't spam you and any comments. Um, so we capture the email address, and then again, just we we send out a little note, especially if it's either if it's positive or negative. We just send a little note, and that I usually try to do within a few days. So cool. It's great to hear someone that actually truly cares about what they're doing and their customers. Um, it's it's a change of pace from some things, uh, so it's awesome to hear that as we are in a space like that. Um, but like you know, we're, we're a customer feedback company, um, and there's only so many questions we can ask you about how many pieces of feedback you have, how many customers you have coming in, the interaction that you have with your customers. Uh, it's really the passion behind you as a manager that shows that you want to fix those scenarios. A uh, lady comes in, said that she didn't enjoy it. You reached out. She loved it. Um, how long was that time frame, if you don't mind me asking that real quick? 24 hours. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, and you try to stick with that. You try to interact it's as soon as possible. general rule. Okay. I think when things are fresh, that's when also, especially if it's something negative, you have to move quickly to talk to the staff and mm-hmm. identify the staff that was working and, and get the story quickly or else it's going to be lost people's memories okay um so if i can cut that down to maybe five ten minutes within that interaction time would that be something that might pique your interest something that might, might be inter- a little stalkerish <laughs> <laughs> no it's... we won't give you addresses we won't let you follow these people around but we could give you a way to interact with them anonymously very quickly to be able to understand what their opinion is on something and maybe a concern of what's going on I mean, I'd so, love to hear more. I actually don't know anything. That's even company. better. I don't know anything so. about this either. So we're <laughs> going to do this together. Um, but yeah, so what we have is an app base like we talked about beforehand. Um, and I'd like to address some of the concerns that you've had throughout it as well. So stop me at any point and say, hey, I think it'd be cool if I could use it in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have Blurbox downloaded on your phone, you could pull it up. Um, but I have it here as well. And uh, for the listeners as well, Blurtbox is a geolocation basis for feedback. So whatever you're closest to right now, if you download it, that's what's going to pull up for you. Every business is on our platform, and we deliver that feedback to them. But as a question earlier is, where's the money come from? What do we actually do? How do we interact with the businesses? So, for example, we have a few different companies, and what I'm going to do is focus on a Starbucks that I was actually at recently and I want to pull this up so as you can see right here it's just an open comment box Mm -hmm. Uh, we move away from the actual numerical ratings of certain questions that you send your customers because the higher questions and the higher amount that you have the lower response rate you have from your customers Uh, comment cards are great what we're doing is taking that and putting it into a digital format. People are addicted to their phones as we are right now. We can look around and see all the interaction that's happening. So what I want to do is I'm going to grab this real quick and show you. Um, we have a platform for you. So that's why I asked, where do those comment cards go once you receive them? Because the issue sometimes is comment cards are great. You're going to get the opinion of your customer right away. You're going to get the raw emotion that's coming into you, but you still have hard pieces of paper that you have to collect, keep, manage, and understand. Um, So what we pulled together is basically your digital comment box to hear your customers' concerns. So right now, we're on the management view of the side of your business. And let's say you run this location, and what you want to see is a customer being able to interact with you right away. So you're sitting in the back office, and what you would say is, let's just say coffee was too cold, 
And so me as a customer, I just that's what I want to say. I don't want to talk to a manager. Is this real? Are these real? These are, these are populated uh, from wow. from our side. Um, so okay. this isn't going directly to them. Yeah. So this okay. is something from our side. But these are true uh, pieces of feedback that customers have left. And okay. that Can we you read pulled. some of them. Yeah. So coffee was okay. I hated the noise today. Super long line. Horrible service. Coffee was amazing today. Judy up front was a blessing. I enjoyed being with her today, and she remembered my name. Coffee tasted great. Long line. I had to leave, and I was upset because I come here every single day. And so a lot of these will run through, and what we have is an algorithm that actually reads those comments. And so then you can get a score with those as well. So since you have multi-site businesses, you can compare them between each other. Um, So what I'll do is I'll send this comment over right here. And so instead of going to an online account and it sit on the on- online account until you access it, now you can see it's already populated. Yeah. So it's right away. So this is where you, it might be creepy in your mind to be able to react with them right away and be able to talk with them. But it's actually a way to communicate with the customer without having them share any other information. And so if you choose so, you can, as a manager, click on a response feature and it's almost texting your best friend. You type in what you want, you send that back over, and then from their phone, they don't even have to worry about giving you any information and the whole disclaimer of we won't email blast you, we won't do anything. Mm-hmm. They just want to tell you how they're enjoying your restaurant or the experience right. that they have. Now, on my phone, as you can see right here, I got responded to from the manager, and now I have a dialogue, mm-hmm. and you can share coupon codes, you can share any interaction from there with the customer, and now you're mitigating the scenario of the customer going straight to a Yelp, Facebook, Twitter, sharing something that's hindering to your brand, but you're allowing them and vocalizing to them, hey, we're in the middle of this. You can use Blurtbox to be able to communicate with us. It's going straight to me as an owner, and I'll be able to interact and talk with you as a customer, and we appreciate everything that you provide to us. And so it's anonymous. Um, It's direct feedback, (laughs) and if you have, like you said, you had someone that helps you out the social media management side of it, they'll be able to have access to mm-hmm. this as well. And if you want them to have access to one site, they can only have access to that one. If you want multiple locations, they can look at it as well. So in a simple form, it, for the customer, it's a way for them to voice their opinion. For the manager, it's a way for you to manage that before it goes live. Right. And with this platform right here, for you, as I said, can you be in multiple places at once? You would be able to see both your locations and be able to manage both mm-hmm. of those. Even if, let's say, you're out of town, you can't be at either of them. You have a right. chance to be able to do that with your customers. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it to see if there's something that you've seen like this, something that maybe you've looked into beforehand. No, I mean, I think it's very cool. I like it. Uh, it's a little creepy, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's, it's yeah. very cool. I have many questions. Bring them. I'd love to answer them. Because... Well, here, my one concern would be, this is wonderful, but then you still have to deal with all that other stuff. Like, you can't force people to not use Yelp. So what is your advice for that? Yeah, so like you said, people are used to what they're doing, creature habit. If they know that that's where they can go to be publicly known for something, some of them are going to do that. Right, some of them, that's the draw. That's why they do it, to be heard. Someone that reviewed us... At the Camlin uh, had reviewed had six thousand reviews, so that guy wants wow. to yes really be heard. So that one person out of 
the 300 that show up that day. Oh my gosh. Like how many reviews do you have to post today? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, not break the the wall and just be at the observer, but holy crap. Yeah. We, we still talk about it from the South park episode. Yeah. It's, we still talk about, we still every couple days. Somebody's like six. I'm going to look for that person. Are they in New York? I should maybe Mm -hmm. have them on. I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Um, it wasn't a good review either, so we, that's why we I were investigating. Be, maybe none of them are. Yeah. A, a lot of them are negative, but look, it's someone who, who wants to be heard and, and believes yes. in the platform and says yes. that person maybe would be into this as well, but maybe not because he maybe likes the platform. Excellent, excellent point. If you're doing 6,000 reviews, you absolutely want your I'm not sure if heard. you're doing a lot else. That was my concern with it, Amazing. like how many places you actually have to review. Yeah, I'm making I'm notes. Sending like, it I wonder you. who the top Yelp poster of all time yeah. is. I'm running the numbers I'm seeing sorry. when they're a member, yeah. if they were in 2010, so I guess I'm six years, so they've been doing 1,000 reviews Like a, a thousand, yeah, so that's... It, it's a pretty recent, it was a very a pretty short time span. A thousand, we, we so that's went pretty deep on 100 this. a month. That's like... It was I wonder if they're all... They can't all be legitimate, though. You can't go to a thousand that many places. I was about to yeah. say, yeah. yeah. Well, you okay. have to review, like, Dwayne Reed, and then you have to review your subway stop, and, you know, you have to... Re- it's oh, like so it's Pokemon. not restaurants, to, uh, it's just reviews. Got it. Okay. But it, a lot of restaurants. Some multiple in a day. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Sorry to, sorry yeah. to I didn't mean to sidetrack, but I, I was mean just... I mean to sidetrack, but... That, yeah. I think it's a, it is a good example and yeah. maybe an extreme example, but it's real. How do you get I mean, everyone to do blurb? That's a, that's a great else? point that some people must have the public platform. So I, I sorry, I'm going to step back and let you resume your conversation. <laughs> You're good. Um, so yeah, it, it's a great question. We get that all the time. Um, so you have comment cards. Not everyone does the comment cards. Right. They, human nature. You're going to choose what you want to do and what's the easiest way. But if you give the people that want an outlet that don't want to be able to walk up to you because they feel com- uncomfortable. Right. Some people just don't like confrontation. Of course. And so mm. we're not trying to solve every person that comes in and saying that everyone's going to give you feedback. But for those people that want their voice heard right away, it's an outlet for them before mm-hmm. they go home, go online, okay. yeah. and then just blast you on as many places as they can find. What's your user? What's your level of users? Yeah, so on the app side, since we run off of that, uh, right around 35,000. Mm-hmm. And so those are basically open users that can, I mean, they're, they're used to leaving feedback on the app. Those are live users. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the business side, the question you'll probably ask me a little bit is, how do I prompt someone or how do I get them to actually do it? Um, that's a marketing campaign that we actually come from a restaurant mm-hmm. consulting background. Mm-hmm. So we know how to interact with the customer while they're there. So you have the receipt pamphlet that's handed out. There's something that can be put in there to interact right. with them. Instead of that comment card, you can actually put in, hey, help us help you. As you can see right here, uh, we have table tents as well, mm-hmm. napkin inserts. So the key to it is getting in front of them um, and interacting. You have an email blast. Yeah, I mean, if you send that out often. So you need the restaurants to help market your app. In a sense. So, yeah, so they they would put it out there knowing that, hey, I want to have a way that I can reduce the amount of concerns that go live mm-hmm. to everyone. Yeah. And this is a good way for me just to cut in the middle and show them, hey, here's an outlet to do it right here directly to me, and it's going to save my brain on the, the back mm-hmm. end. So mm-hmm. I hope that it doesn't go live. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for us, that's what it is. You, you have to change the mindset of the customer. You have to be right. able to interact with them while they're there. 
and show that it's a simple process to be able to connect with you directly. Right. And then, obviously, my biggest question is cost, because mm-hmm. that's what it frequently is what it comes down to. Yep. Especially for small business owners, there's just so many things that chip away and chip away. So, yeah. So the Perfect. the technology pieces, that's our yeah. usually our biggest question. Yep. Um, so we know you guys have so many pieces to interact. Um, we don't think that we're just going against customer feedback solutions for you. We know we're going against all other solutions that be able to put in your restaurant. So for us, it's a location basis, mm-hmm. and we do forty nine ninety nine a month for the location to be able to do this development of the site and be able to interact with your customer. If you just want to see their customer feedback and not be able to react and be able to respond to them through the app itself, then it goes down to $19.99. Wait, say that again? So as here on the site where we just clicked and responded, mm-hmm. that's forty nine ninety nine mm. to be able to manage it and look at it. For nineteen ninety nine, it's basically like a Twitter feed. You where just see you the would comments. see the comment, and you can't interact with them mm-hmm. or anything. It's just more of a data collection for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you choose so, what we have also for customers that sign up for a full year up front, we do fifty percent off of that. Hmm. So it cuts down both of those prices. So. For some people with multiple locations, it makes sense. They launch it at one. It works well for 30 days, and they love it, so then they just push it out to all the other ones. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to see your reaction on that. Okay. So, I'll, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. That's what we ask for. Uh, I would... That's exactly n- why you're here. ...never use the 19.99 option. There's virtually no value in that because mm-hmm. the value is being able to respond, and, and yeah. so that's like a non-starter. Um, forty nine ninety nine per month is a, a lot for a small business. Um, I also would absolutely not sign on unless there was some kind of trial period because mm-hmm. there's there's just no point for us to put money into something that isn't proven. You know that we don't know how it would benefit our yeah. business. So. It's something I would consider with with reservation. Just again, because it's like every little thing. Like we we use um, we use Bento Box for one of our websites, and and I love it. But it's ninety nine dollars a month, and that's twelve hundred dollars a year. And you know, it's it's all those little things add up. So I, as a small business owner with a small margin, small budget, that gets cut into by Department of Health and everything like that and scrutinizing every single penny. So $49.99 doesn't sound like a lot. It's a lot for us. And so that's why I earlier asked for your average ticket price. Mm -hmm. Um, So you said around 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, in the restaurant business, you lose a customer. It's about seven times more costly to get that person back. Mm -hmm. So now we're looking at 21 or basically 210 bucks a month that if you lose one customer... So with Blurtbox, you come in, and this is where the value comes in, is you can save one person out of the 30 or however many days in the month, one person. Mm-hmm. You've already paid for it as well as made more money back in your pocket because you bring that revenue back in with that person, as well as if you leave somewhere and you have a bad experience, how many people do you typically tell once you're out of the restaurant? You never know. Yeah, <laughs> it's all, that so, thing, yeah. it's like nothing that you can quantify, really. Yeah. It's you can speculate and these, you know, I've heard this argument quite honestly from a, a lot of mm-hmm. people uh, with different services. You can't prove it. Yeah. I mean, Yelp ad, Yelp ads has that same, the same, uh, same argument, but mm-hmm. it's not provable. So. Yeah. 
So I mean, we, we have some studies behind it. Um, just to show it and just the interaction of customers and basis right. of that. But what I'm saying is you can't prove that we're going to save customers through this and therefore pay for the service. I see what you're saying. Unless yeah. you've done those studies and you can say this restaurant, you know, and you can really show that. Yeah. Then it's, it is just theoretical. So I'll do a little plug right here. Uh, so we work with Domino's Pizza. Um, and we have a case study that we can actually share with you after mm -hmm. this, and we can even share with everyone if they'd like to see that, if that's something possible. Um, and that shows the interaction of what they've saved over a few months okay. with implementing Blurt Box at location compared to what it wasn't beforehand. That's um, interesting. And that's proprietary to us. So it's not just taking other information from other people and using it. And so. what are your experiences? Because I, I am wondering, you know, I think different things appeal to people at different settings. So I think like this Starbucks example, mm -hmm. you know, you're on your phone, you maybe have your rewards thing up. And so it's really easy to be like, oh, this coffee was cold. But if you've had a three course meal somewhere and, you know, what is your experience with different levels of restaurants and yeah. types of. So we've worked with a lot of. Our market, I guess you could say, is a bunch of industries um, as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had high-end, we've had low-end. Um, the higher-end side of things, people like to give the feedback at, let's say, typically you go to a higher-end restaurant, you're going to go for an occasion. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to be the person that is arguing with one of the managers on site, so you'd be right. willing to use a different format to give feedback. More of the QSR side of things, people moving through faster, running through quicker, um, they return a lot more, mm -hmm. so they start seeing it more. So they'll, it's a little bit more of a process for them to onboard and be able to give that feedback. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the actual tone of feedback and the quality behind it is very high from the luxury side. Hmm. Um, it may not be as much as a QSR side of things, mm -hmm. but it's still something that like higher yeah. quality, lower volume. Correct. Like it's like, like I said again with the Starbucks, it seems very easy to just be like, coffee sucked today. Coffee's great today. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas if you just walked out of La Bernadette, you're going to have a little more detailed, probably mm -hmm. information you need to compose. Yeah. I guess. And it would turn into more of a dialogue of an understanding of this is exactly what happened to me while I was there. And it's more of a story that's developed when they leave feedback for those higher end ones because they want to express everything. Right. Interesting. So I'm going to have to cut off your conversation, but this seems Definitely, like a good yeah. end point because yeah. we're we're at the end of the show. Um, in a, I'll let you each have sort of like one closing remark, and then we can kind of move out. So, Mandy. Well, I just want to say thank you. I think it's a great product. I, I'm as I told Jennifer when we spoke in preparation for the show that uh, we are very interested in technology and how that can help us as small business uh, operators because there aren't enough of us to do what needs to get done. So I'm even though I'm trying to ask some you know pointed questions, I really um, appreciated learning about this. And Aaron. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you guys taking the time. And for all the listeners out there, thank you for listening to us. And we enjoyed <laughs> it. It was a blast being up here and being able to talk about it and have a conversation around it and really enjoy diving in with the actual restaurant owner and seeing those pain points that are occurring. I think the, the things that uh, were, were sort of primary storylines to me were, f from Mandy's point of view, while this app creates a specific channel with a specific group of people, it doesn't eliminate 
the need to address everything else. So if you could save five or ten minutes here or there, or maybe, you know, sort of merge away from a paper comment card or something like that and integrate something that has benefit. But if her if her time budget per week is spending, you know, 10 hours a week on feedback because she has to go through four or five other online entities and other things, this app is not going to help shave that time. So I think that's interesting also, just sort of solutions for specific pieces, but thus far there hasn't been something that's a universal solve for all of the feedback pain points. The other thing I think is it's probably very interesting for people listening who are not small business owners to hear that $49.99 a month is a lot of money because I don't think people really understand how uh, constrained budgets are when you're a small business owner. So I think that was an interesting takeaway. Um, 35,000 users, that's a nice amount of people, but I'll throw over real quickly to Cam and say user acquisition specialist. That's your game, right, to figure out how to grow that number? Yes, exactly. So we, um, for us, user acquisition is trying to get as many people to download and actively use Blurbox as we can. Um, because like we said, we're trying to provide as much feedback as possible right. for the businesses and really create value in the product we're offering them. So you know, we use a, a variety of different uh, strategies as far as online versus in person just to try and get out and see you know, how people are interacting with the app, how we can improve their experience, and you know, just improve the customer experience. As so well. what do you do? Beyond, in addition to having the restaurants grow your user base for you? Because that was also an interesting component as well, where you sign up a restaurant client and then it's partially their responsibility to go out to their constituency to get them to sign up. So that's very effective on your end to get your customers who are paying you to help you grow the product that you're going to sell to other people. So it's kind of genius in many ways. Exactly. So, so what do you do in addition to that? Yeah, so our goal is to make people already know about Blurtbox and be using it at locations before they enter somewhere. So when we have someone go in and have an experience yeah. somewhere, we want them How to do be you like, do that? oh, they already use Blurtbox. How do you get them to know about it? So we use a variety of different marketing. We try and build an online trust um, in different you know, blogging websites. We use Quora. Okay. We use other restaurant forums, customer experience So are forums. you placing ads or are you having people pace posts or how does it actually materialize? We, we write the posts ourselves and it's really tailored to people's questions. So you're doing sponsored posting in other forums? Yeah. So a lot of people have a lot of questions about, you know, what happens? Does someone actually see my feedback? You know, how do people collect feedback today? And so we, you know, we go and answer those questions and say, hey, we have this service we think would be great. You know, you should download it and check us out. Do you do any advertising? Um, we do a little bit. Um, we, we have, you know, a variety of, we even go out in person and we, we engage with people in the community, especially in Orlando, kind of hyper-local So what approach. does that look like? Because so we'll, in New York City, when we have companies engaging with the community, we have uh, kids with binders and branded t-shirts standing on the sidewalk <laughs> asking you if you'd like to stop and have a conversation about, typically it's nonprofits and causes, um, brands do it, too. Brands do it, too. They have giveaways on the street and in places where people are just saying, like, hey, can I talk to you about this thing? Also, some of the new apps like Handy and, mm -hmm. you know, Fios and, you know, some of the different services do that. So when you say you go out, how does that manifest itself? 
Yeah, so we do try and you know interact with people and you know ask them, hey, do you you know have a couple minutes? You know, we'll buy you a cup of coffee. Can you can you hear about our app? And it's something a lot of startups do as far as trying to get feedback on what they provide. And um, we try and sponsor events and attend networking events where people are promoting their business and you know kind of learn about other people's while also promoting your own. Um, and it, it's a pretty cost-effective solution to getting out there and trying to find more users for your app. Well, so you have thirty-five thousand users now. What's your goal for the end of the year? Uh, I think we can get closer to 75,000. So you want to double yeah, in six months? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Mandy, can I ask one question? Yeah. What happens to the comments for the businesses that aren't signed on? Do you save them and hope that we'll sign on? So Aaron's a sales guy, so he didn't give you the, uh, this part of it, but it is free for all the businesses to see their comments. So you can go in and see the comments. That's why we do right by all the businesses. Even if they don't yeah. want to pay us for the service to respond, yeah. you cool. can always claim your business. Okay. Yeah, Very cool. Claim your businesses, Mandy. I am. Do it right now. And all you restaurant owners out there, claim your businesses. Cool. Not just on Blurtbox. This is going to be my little piece of advice at the end of the show. Claim your business everywhere. Claim your Google Map business. Claim your accounts you know, on Yahoo and Gmail and all those kinds of things. Everywhere when you pull up your map and you punch it in and something comes up and there's a website that comes up and it says, is this your business? Say yes and claim it. So at least you can be managing where you are because you'll be surprised how many places your business actually is online. So this is all the time that we have for Tech Bytes today. Um, typically, I go around and I ask everybody for a little piece of advice that listeners can use in the real world. I'm going to do... We're going to do this very, very quickly. Mandy, who has been in the New York City restaurant business for a bit and knows the restaurant game quite well, what's your best recommendation to people in terms of how to get a good reservation or what they perceive as a difficult reservation? Ooh, that's Maybe a that's question. like a holiday. You know, there's holidays where it's difficult. There's the elusive 8 p.m. reservation <laughs> on a weeknight. There's also the elusive brunch reservation. So what's, what's your best approach? I absolutely think it is becoming a regular, being known to the restaurant. I think regulars are kind of the heart and soul of places, no matter how small, no matter how large. And I think that is absolutely the best way to do it. If you patronize a place regularly and you become known and friendly, then of course, I think that you command a little bit more um, ability to have, I don't want to say special treatment, but a a little bit more attentiveness to your potentially difficult requests. So I think that's absolutely the best way. Become okay. a regular, patronize your favorite places, and the you know the results will will come. Yep. Well, typically in life, if you know people and you're friends with them, stuff tends to go better. So that's not exclusive to life. That also applies to restaurants. Julian, I'm gonna go to you. I'm gonna say, uh, what's your best advice to someone who is starting a startup right now? What's your best founder startup advice? Yeah, to doing say, it successfully. Sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of what I'm about to say last time, but the only advice I really like to give is do not give up. That's uh, kind of so much more important than people realize because I think, especially uh, for a lot of the younger people out there, the people who have left a full-time job or career trying to do something, it does take a lot longer than what you initially anticipate. Things that you think might take six months take two years. Um, and so definitely, you know, the most important thing is perseverance. I think for any dream, I don't even think that has to do with a business. I think that just if you want to be a 
ballet dancer or a master chef. It's a matter of patience and learning and being humble and uh, really trying to do as much stuff like this that you can learn from other people who have more experience, um, you know, in whatever you're trying to do. So I think do not give up is my best advice. Never give up, never surrender. That's right. Okay. Aaron, what's your best advice? I'm assuming you probably do a little bit of this. What's your best advice for a cold call? Oh, yeah. I do plenty of cold calls. Um, I actually, for me, I research a lot before um, because typically they're larger clients. So I try to find the most obscure way that I can connect with the person and that catches them off guard. Um, What does that mean? Does that mean you internet stalk them? I would like to use a different phrase of that. I like to use prospecting. Um, research? <laughs> research. Uh, I would due diligence. Due diligence on it. Um, it's a it's an internet world. You can find a lot of things about people, and you can see what they're really involved with and what they enjoy, and finding a way to connect with them instead of diving into a sales pitch right away on a cold call, being able to connect with them. Maybe you don't get that first meeting off of it, but you at least get the respect and trust from them, so then you can follow up with them. But I think that just powering through and calling the same person and trying the same thing over and over again, these bigger clients, they're just so used to seeing that, that something obscure will change their mindset and you can get that meeting with them. Okay. Do your research. Try not to be creepy about not it. Not stalking. Research. Yeah, try not to be creepy about it. And Cam, user acquisition. I think everybody, lots of people, especially if you're a business owner, everyone's interested in growing their network. We all want more followers and users and likes and things like that. So... I mean, for a regular person, you know, or a business owner in the social media world, what's your best advice for growing your audience? I think understand what they're looking for and understand, you know, what exactly what you're selling, who your audience is and why, you know, you think someone would benefit from using what you have and figure out a way to promote that most effectively um, and just be confident in what you have to offer. Very good. Now you have a great episode to send home when people ask what exactly it is that you do. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Well, I want to thank everyone for coming out to Roberta's for this episode of Tech Bites. It was really great. I hope listeners find it informative. Um, Feedback is great. Customer feedback is great for a restaurant and for a radio show. We are very into feedback, and we are interactive. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TechBytesHRN. You can email us, TechBytesHRN at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at our home base, HeritageRadioNetwork.org, which is in the midst of our summer fundraising, because without you, we can't keep the lights on. And I will say that right now, our summer fundraising spiff is the very spiffy HRN drink koozie. So keep your bevies cool in the heat dome. Click on heritageradionetwork.org. Become a member at the $60 level and get your koozie. I'm Jennifer Leitze. This is Tech Bites. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.